0: And
1: now it's time for Mr. College football and friends with Tony Barnhart. Greetings and welcome back to Mr. College football and friends playoff edition. All right. I am your host, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College football, but before we get started, we always want to thank our sponsor APA games, APBA games, the unquestioned king of quality Simulation products. You'll find them at APBA.com. Okay, I'm ready to go. We're ready to go. Let's bring on the guys from lovely Situate, Mass. Our Jersey guy, Mr. Mark Blauschen. Let's kick it off, Blau. What we're coming down the home stretch. What are you? What big question do you want to get answered in the college football playoffs? Are we going to see Alabama, I mean, Georgia
2: repeat? Or are we going to see a Cinderella? Or are we going to see a Coach Khaki Pants win a national championship? Those are a couple of things. A TCU, I don't know. But in uh, Ohio State, so there's four questions there that each have different uh, endings, obviously. So that's what I'm looking for.
1: Herb Gould coming to us from lovely Palm Springs. He even sent us a photo before we got started today. Awfully decent of Herb to do that. Uh, Herb, what are you looking forward to? What question do you want to get answered in the playoffs?
3: Well, I, I you know, I, I want to see, you know, whether Ohio State can bounce back. I mean, I, Tony, you, you know, we've watched your Georgia team all fall. They have looked so solid all the way around Ohio State. I don't know about that defense and I don't, you know, I wonder how that affects the program if, if they have two real gut check games in a row after that Michigan loss and, what we might see against Georgia. I mean, this is a real back-to-the-wall deal for Ohio State against a Georgia team that's been the best team in the country all year.
1: Well, good thing we're playing indoors Saturday at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. 80% chance of rain in Atlanta uh, on Saturday. We'll see. All right, New Jersey's favorite son, the locksmith, Mr. Tom Lucci, is here. Mr. Lucci, what are you, what are you looking forward to in the playoffs? What What big question do you want to get answered?
0: Yeah, it's just a TCU question, Tony. I'd like to see them play somebody outside the, the mediocre Big 12 besides Tarleton State. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to see how they match up. I really am. I You know, I, I think they're good. I think they're talented. Do the I think they're elite? I, I'm still not convinced. I've watched too many of their games this year. I just, I need more evidence and more proof that they're an elite football team.
1: This is going to be a pretty big game for the Big 12, won't it be? That that and Kansas State, Alabama, those are two pretty big games for the Big 12, aren't they? Those are
0: big games for the Big 12 because, uh, as I said, I, I don't think the league was that strong this year. People think it was. I, I think that that's mediocre parity is what they had in the league this year. Right. So, uh, yes, those are big statement games for the league. Those two games are very big statement games for the league.
1: Well, here in Atlanta, where we got down into the teens, and we we didn't handle it very well, the weather, but uh, our question is, look, it's real simple. It, it's math. Georgia is number two in the nation in scoring defense. 12 point eight points per game. Ohio State is number two in the nation in scoring offense. forty four point five points per game. something is going to have to give. and that's that's one of the things that's really intriguing about that playoff game on Saturday. All right, look, we're going to get to the games in a little bit. But first, I want to go over some headlines with you guys that have basically took place since we were last all together. And I want to start uh, with Mike Leach. Mike Leach, the head coach at Mississippi State, has been to a lot of different places, one of the most interesting characters I have ever met in college football. Died suddenly, 61 years old, on December 13th. Little did we know they played Ole miss in the in the Egg Bowl. Mississippi State won it, and then all of a sudden he was gone. They won twenty four to twenty two. I want us to want to go around, guys. We've all met interesting characters, but Mark, I want to start with you. What were your impressions of, of Mike Leach and ultimately what's his legacy in college football?
2: Well, his legacy was he was a a pretty good, good football coach, but he was also a person where you could talk to about many things, especially uh, outside of football. I mean, you, know, you didn't know which direction you were going to go in with any question you asked. I mean, uh, I remember at SEC Media Day, he was he was all bummed out because he couldn't watch as much Netflix as as anybody. Everyone else talk talking depth, right? He's talking about Netflix. That's Mike Leach.
1: <laughs> Tom Lucci, had a, he had a law degree from Pepperdine uh, in the offseason, lived down in Key West. He had, he, had, he had coasted all these remote places like, like Washington state and Texas tech and places like that. What, 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 what are going to be your memories of Mike Leach?
0: Well, I think he was certainly different. I think he was a little, he was a lot of an innovator and wasn't afraid of a challenge. If you go to uh, Washington state and Texas tech to rebuild those programs. So I, when I think of him, I think of, uh, I guess the best word is uh, quirky interviews, you know, (laughs) where you just didn't like Mark said, you just didn't know what direction they would go, but also, Watching him how uh, his teams played the uh, their innovativeness on in the passing game, I thought uh, you know for that alone, you know he stood out as a coach.
1: You know, herb, coaches for the most part, are so buttoned down, okay, and they're they, they, they don't have a whole lot of a sense of humor at least when they're dealing with us. Uh, but Mike leach was he was one of those guys who would talk to you about
3: anything. Yeah, that's so true, Tony. You know, when, right before he took the Washington State job, I got it from a really, really good source that he was very interested in the Illinois job, which was open. And and I was very, very excited about that possibility. Although I knew that there was no way those people in Champaign were going to go for, you know, the pirate, if you will. Um, But yeah, I mean, you love a guy who, who has a not only a passion for football because he was such an offensive innovator, but also somebody who who you can talk to about other things. You know, I mean, that law degree speaks volumes. All the little pirate mementos that you would see around him. Uh, you know, I think he was really good for the game, and 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 you know, so shocking to lose him at such a young age and when he was really looking like he was ready to. You know, he was always a, a real interesting force in the
1: SEC. And, man, do we need guys like Mike Leach to college football with everything going on. So, all right, Mike Leach gone too young at the age of 61. Now we had national signing period. I know how geeked up you guys get about recruiting. You know, that's I'm the same way. I can't wait. I'm just going to read off the top ten real quick just to acknowledge that early signing day came and went. And here's a shocking surprise. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Georgia. I am shocked and amazed. Number three, Texas. Steve Sarkeesian needed. Number four, Miami. My goodness, Mark Blaschon, your Hurricanes went out. Mario Cristobal actually got something done in recruiting. How about that? Yeah, But he's got to coach him now. That's that's the danger for Miami. Ooh, that's that's his that's his
0: uh, forte is recruiting. Guys always been. I know him. He was an assistant at Rutgers many many years ago, offensive line coach. Um, a guy could always recruit. He could always recruit. And he proved that as other stops too. I mean, he recruited at Rutgers, he recruited at Oregon, he's recruiting at Miami, you know, uh, he's always been able to recruit, but uh, I'll defer to Mark on the, uh, putting the headsets on and what happens.
1: Well, it's, it's a start. We, we will see they should be able to win that conference is all I can say. Oklahoma's five, Brett Venables need that, needed that after this season, Ohio state. We'll talk about this later, guys. Ryan Day. I heard somebody say on on TV today that if Ryan Day loses big to Georgia, I don't think it'll happen. But if it did, he would actually be in trouble, which blows my mind. But Ohio State had six, LSU seven, Notre Dame eight, and Tennessee ninth. Here's the great thing about Tennessee: they're ninth overall in recruiting, allegedly, but they're fourth in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, that that's a tough one. And it's finally, your boy, Connie. It, it well apparently so apparently so <laughs> and Clemson is at ten so no surprise other than bloushin's Miami Hurricanes no surprises there Tom Lucci here's what I want to ask you and I asked some other people about this earlier this week we all been doing this we've all been doing this a long time. But you think about what's going on this december this december we've got national signing day forget about early signing day this this is national signing day in december you got the transfer portal you got the coaching carousel all of this is going on at the same time tom what i'm asking and i've asked a lot of people of this with all you know we didn't have the transfer portal till recently we didn't have nil till recently we got all those things now going on in december shouldn't we take a step back maybe and move that national signing day back to February so it's not all going on at the same doggone time?
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that a hundred percent. There's no question about it. Todd, you mentioned that confluence of events now that have uh, made the early signing period, um, uh, right in the middle of a cluster of uh, variables that are going on between, like you said, the NIL and the transfer portal. I mean, even trying to do picks on these bowl games you have to know which guys are playing. I mean, it's right. really, and you, and sometimes you don't find out until the morning of the game that a star quarterback has opted out or he's not opted out. I mean, this has been one, from that perspective, been one of the wildest bowl seasons I've ever seen. But yes, to get back to your point, I would agree it's time probably to move that back again and just have one.
1: Yeah. Just have one and that yeah. be that one. But it, it's, uh, I just think it's absolutely insane. All right. All right, guys. This, this is, you know, trends develop and we, we didn't, we, we thought this could happen when, um, when the transfer portal got really up and running when it was opened most recent time. But it's amazing how many quarterbacks have said, you know what, I'm going somewhere else. My senior year, I've had a great time here, but my last year, my last year of eligibility is for me and I'm going to a place that will get me ready, hopefully, uh, for the next level. I get the call from Mark Blouson yesterday. Word has gotten out. Sam Hartman, all-time leading quarterback at Wake Forest, is entering the transfer portal. And, Mark Blouson, you say Sam Hartman's going to end up where? Notre Dame, which is,
2: uh, you know, as I mean, that makes them a player. That makes Notre Dame a right. big-time player next year. That's a, that's a Southern California equivalent, I think. Uh, no, I'm not going to say they're going to – but. I
3: haven't looked at his schedule, but they're going to be a player. Yeah, they are. I have looked at their schedule, and and you know they've got USC coming to South Bend early. Uh, Ohio State comes to South Bend, and they've got like a two week buy if I'm if I'm remembering this right wow. in between those games. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about our quarterback coming in is that Hartman. Tommy yeah. Reese's dad was at Wake when Hartman was committing there. So, and, and Tommy Reese's dad, Bill, is, is uh, I forget the exact title, but he's he's one of their big, he's their scouting guy or director and at Notre Dame now. So, you know, there's a connection there. And Tommy Reese, you know, I think I've read, and, and I think it's really true, is you bring in Hartman and you've got all of a sudden you can open up that Notre Dame offense. As Blau said, this, this makes them a player. And uh, having that Reese connection to Hartman tells me that this is a, not only a really good fit, but it's just got, you know, all the upsides you'd ever want.
1: Well, I'm, I'm going to go through these fairly quickly. DJ Uwe Galele, Galele excuse me, uh, at Clemson. He got benched in the SC, ACC championship game. Kay Klub, Klubnick is now the starting quarterback. He's going, uh, DJ is going to uh, Oregon State. Uh, Mark Blashen. To me, no, let, let me ask this to Mr. Lucci. If Dabo Sweeney had made this move a little earlier, he'd be in the college football playoffs because if he, if he had gone with club earlier, then then they're, they're not going to get beat by South Carolina at home. It's not, I, it's not, not going to happen. I mean, listen, DJ,
0: uh, it was very limited in the passing game. You know, he's obviously one of those cases where he's a good athlete, big, you know, he has certainly has the size, but the passing game was all over the place. So now they get a quarterback who could throw the ball. It, it changes their offense because obviously they have a, they have a star running back who can carry them. And now with they have the threat of the pass, you can see them uh, break out a little bit more offensively, which I think they will do in the bowl game, by the way, against Tennessee.
1: My old buddy, JT Daniels is transferring to his fourth school, fourth USC, Georgia, West Virginia. And of course the rice owls, he'll be flinging makes it for sense. rice. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. For him, he he's got an arm. I'll give him that. So, so we shall see. Dion Sanders' son, quarterback. If I mispronounce this, forgive me. Shadour Sanders threw for thirty-three hundred yards, forty touchdown passes, twelve and one season for his dad, and he is going to Colorado. All right, help me out here, guys. Is is Dion is Dion going to be able to pull this off? I mean, he he has they. Colorado has gotten more media attention in the last three weeks, and whenever he signed them boy, then they've had three years, in several years in three yeah. years. Can Deion and and he also got the top Marcus Hunter, the top. Oh, uh, he's top, great. He he's he was great, he was he was the number yeah. one high school recruit in America. Yep, Deion Sanders got him to come to Jackson State. Now, obviously, he's going to Colorado. I mean, Lucci, I'm telling you, you well, recruit, it, you recruit at this level.
0: Here's a couple of things. Mark's going to, Mark Watson's going to disagree with me, but, uh, you know, at some point it's a, the novelty act wears thin. It doesn't matter how much you're exposed. Did you, can you read that top 10 in recruiting again? Was there a Colorado on there? I mean, no. Did he make that kind of impact? No. no. Um, is it, is it a big just adjustment for his players from their level to the next level, uh, where they're not going to get the, you know, where they're going to face some real competition at, at a, at a higher level, obviously. And, uh, Know, can they make that transition immediately? And can Dion do it as a coach? Listen, you can put all the videos out there you want on YouTube. If you don't recruit, you don't win games, people won't watch the
3: videos, right? Right? right. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think that 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 Dion Sanders to Colorado move is is just brilliant, you know, especially in that conference where you know it's not like if he had taken a job in in the Big Ten or, or the SEC. Maybe, you know, it doesn't work. But in the Pac-12, you can move up really fast. And he's a Pied Piper. And if he's smart enough to have the right kind of assistant coaches, that, that's just a that's, that's a great story and 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 a great opportunity for them to be successful.
0: I'm not against uh, the hire, you know, Tony. I'm just saying I'm not uh, kind of head over heels about it the way some people are. I, I prefer to, to wait
1: and see because well, it's
0: a different game
1: that he's engaged in now. And that that's exactly right. It is a different game, and how do how do you adjust playing playing up a level? And it,
2: here's it, the thing, guys, is that uh, you mentioned recruiting. Uh, if you looked at last year's recruiting thing, when Lincoln Riley got hired, USC didn't was not in the top ten in recruiting anybody's class. anybody's classes. They weren't in the top. They were in the top ten team in preseason. Now they they brought in seventeen transfers. And then, including you know, obviously the quarterback and 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 uh, uh, the wide receivers there were all-American type players and Heisman Heisman winners. So now I'm not saying DN can do that, but I'm saying Dion can cause a lot of gaps in the next three months. But watch, watch who shows up in the next in the next two or three months. New plays there. I don't know. I think I think they're going to be a factor.
1: Well, the the key guys. As long as you got a quarterback, you got a chance. I mean, that's the way the game is played now. How how good is the young Mr. Sanders? I don't know. He he threw almost 4000 yards but against uh swat competition. So I'm I'm anxious to see kind of how that turns out. Here's one that really caught me by surprise and I follow this league. Devin Leary was one of the better quarterbacks in the in the ACC at NC State last year he is coming back he is gone into the transfer portal he is going to kentucky uh well will levis is gone and they uh uh mark stoops has hired rehired Liam cohen uh, has bringing him back he was the guy that really made levis into his probably a, a high draft decent high draft choice uh i am anxious to see how this works out because larry guys Blau Leary was one of the better quarterbacks in that conference. Was he not?
2: Yeah. I mean, it was a, for everything the ACC wasn't, it was a pretty good uh, uh, conference for quarterbacks. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting, interesting transfer. right? To see what Kentucky does. And then what, what does North Carolina
1: state do now? Right. You know, so that, That's going to be interesting. Uh, um, moving ahead to the end of my list here. Graham Mertz is leaving Wisconsin. He is going to the university of Florida. Herb Gould, proud Badger that you are, can Graham Mertz play at the University of Florida?
3: I, you know, that's a question we'll all have to wait to hear the answer to. I, if somebody had told me, where is Graham Mertz going, I would ask me, I would have said, this guy has got Central Michigan written all over him, you know, or <laughs> not even Central Florida. How he ends up in Gainesville, I do not know. Um, but that said, you know, he's got... Two years of eligibility maybe he says i'm going to go down there i'll i might learn something from billy napier and you never know i mean the way the way i mean look at look at the two guys who left florida i mean things change quickly um yeah but yeah you know and the other part is that Graham mertz was when he came out of high school he was as hot a commodity as there was there all the big schools were on him yep. and and wisconsin didn't handle him very well i mean Obviously he looks like a a total miss at this point, but yeah, I'm, I'm baffled Tony. I, I, when I saw that, I just thought, Holy cow, how did that guy get away from the mid American conference? Yeah. I I liked your line. He had central
1: Michigan written all over him. I love that. That is good. Good stuff. Oh, one last thing before we leave this topic, Ed Reed announced that he is going to be the head coach at uh, Bethune Cookman and yet another star athlete using that star power to benefit the HBCUs Blau, Blau it's you got to give a guy like Ed Reed credit he is trying to help he is trying to help a traditional HBCU school
2: yeah and then maybe they're going to follow the Deion Sanders path where you, you, you can't get hired at that FBS level they, they start there and they make, make a reputation and they and they go that way so I don't know if that's a new, a new trend or not I mean, it's another
1: uh, offshoot of what Deion Sanders is doing all right all right, now let's move on to the, to the part that we've all been waiting for. We're going to break down the, the college football playoff semifinals and some of the other games with our esteemed Locksmith, and you guys jump in to this as well. Locksmith, okay, here we go. Fiesta Bowl, number two Michigan versus number three TCU. You've got Michigan, and you're going to give the six and a half. One thing I'll say about this game, TCU's averaging 40.6 points per game with Max Dugan. Michigan's 13-0 for only the first time in school history. You like Michigan giving the points.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the best offensive line in college football for the past two years, uh, is going to dominate that front of TCU's. And, and I also think that Michigan's defensive line is going to give uh, TCU's offensive line. I, that's where the game is going to be won. I mean, I don't think there's anything flashy about uh, Michigan,
1: but they don't have to be flashy because they're so, so good in the trenches. Mark Blassing, does Michigan win and does Michigan cover?
2: I I hate to do this. I hate to agree with Lucci, but I think that she's got a nail the 100%. Uh, I I just don't, I think... TCU is not going to have you know the ball enough to get that get forty points, much you know much less win the game. So I I, I think, I think it's going to be uh, Michigan is
3: just going to overpower. You know the the only part about this that that I agree with everything you're saying. I just remember being at a Rose Bowl. I believe it was twenty ten. TCU was playing my Badgers, who had. J.J. Watt, Monte Ball, who was a pretty good run. I mean, that was a pretty good Badger team, and everybody was saying all the things we're saying about this year's TCU, and somehow they scratched out the win. I, I, you know, I, I, it just TCU. We've been doubting them all year, and I'm not saying that that I expect anything, you know, shocking here, but it'll be fun to see because I, I, they, they keep beating people that they're not supposed to beat.
0: I just haven't seen him play a physical team. What? Go ahead, Tom. I, I was going to say I haven't seen him play a physical, a real physical team. I don't think we've, uh, you know, the Big Twelve has become a finesse league. It really has. I mean, no. maybe, maybe Texas is a little physical, but the other teams were not. You know, that I watched this year, they weren't that physical. Oklahoma State, no, and. You know, Texas Tech. No, I mean
3: these were not physical teams. Oklahoma certainly wasn't physical this year. Well, no, that you know that was the same thing with that TCU team in the Rose Bowl. I said the same thing. The Badgers are going to like just you know they're going to smother them. But you know, if you have a little quickness, sometimes you can spread guys out. I I mean, I'm not saying it will happen, but you're going
0: to the sports book now to take TCU
3: in the seven and a half. Herb, is that what you're saying? No, I'm, no. Just, I'm just saying I got I got more questions about this game than, than the rest uh, of the world. <laughs> all right,
1: let's let's go to my backyard, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, number one Georgia versus number four Ohio State. Ohio State, we thought we thought they were done after they got taken to the woodshed by Michigan, but son of a gun, here they are. Georgia's given six and a half. Georgia's favored by six and a half. Couple of couple of notes on this game. Georgia's only, we talked about the point spread early on, the fact that they have done uh, so well in scoring defense. Stetson Bennett was a Heisman finalist. Jalen Carter is an absolute disruptor uh, in the middle. Ohio State's got a Heisman finalist in C.J. Stroud. Uh, Locksmith, you're taking Ohio State and giving the six and a half. What say you?
0: I, I Listen, I think we know that uh, Ohio State's defense has been a little suspect all season, but I also have this uh, this nagging feeling that C.J. Stroud, with the, all this extra time to heal and and, and prepare, we're going to see the best of C.J. Stroud and this Ohio State offense, and that might be good enough to keep him in a close game, a, a 30-27 type game. I, mean, I can still see Georgia winning. I, I'm just saying I don't think we're going to see the Ohio State that didn't show up against Michigan. Right. I think we'll see the Ohio State that – everybody thought was maybe the number one team in the country for the first 10 weeks of the, of the season.
1: One thing to keep it. I was going to say one thing to keep in mind, this will be Georgia's third game this season in Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta. Uh, Only 75 miles down the road from the campus. And it's not
0: like Ohio state
1: doesn't travel. They travel. No, no, they travel. Oh, listen, what, what I've been hearing this week of the Ohio state fans that are in this town, looking for tickets. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Well, there's just, yeah, two questions in my mind about this Ohio State team. I think I might have alluded to it at the the top of the podcast. That defense was really looking vulnerable. I mean, Michigan was really pushing them around. That's a really good Michigan offensive line, but, but they didn't have their top running back, and it still was, you know, awfully effective against that Ohio State defense. The other thing is, you know, Brian Day has always been this brash, unflappable coach, and in that game, I mean, even a lot of those Ohio State fans afterward were questioning how he kind of, you know, lost his mojo there. I mean, they, they got a little defensive in their in their attack mode uh, or passive, you know, in what they were calling. And and you know, you're gonna have, they're gonna have to overcome that because you're not gonna be Georgia doing stuff like that. Right. Well, that that's what's gonna make this game so doggone
1: fascinating, and we shall see. We shall see. All right, let's touch on a few more games before we close it down for the evening. Alabama, Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl absolutely fascinates me. That'll be on at noon before the uh, before the national semifinals. The, depending on what list you look at, what draft list you look at, the number one and number two players in America play for Alabama. Obviously, Bryce Young and Will Anderson and they're going to get insured to the hilt and play in this game. Tom Lucci, what are they thinking? Uh,
0: I, I, th- I think I like, I, I like the idea that they're going to do this. Yep. I mean, I think it says a lot to their teammates, and that's why you know, we had spoken earlier, and especially Mark, I think felt this way, that w- what would Alabama's interest be in this game? No motivation, nothing to prove. Well, I, I think when the two best players in America and in the, in the draft maybe next, you know, next spring uh, say, hey, we're playing the game, I mean, those are leaders, and guys follow leaders, and uh, they have two of the best leaders in the country. No I no think question. so, and you
3: know, the other part is, I mean, Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, you know, and right. Kansas State is not you an know, intriguing opponent. But but the thing is that these guys like to play football. We sometimes forget that, you know, because <laughs> we think, oh, yeah, well, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that. They just like to go out and toss it around and, and, and hit people. They want to compete. Can yeah. I bring up a point yeah. here, guys? Alabama yeah,
2: sugar bowl. What about a game against Utah in the sugar bowl them, you know, a few years ago? What
1: yeah. happened there? Utah Utah took them to the woodshed because Alabama didn't want to be there.
2: Correct. And 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 what makes it worse is this game is eleven AM local time on New Year's Eve. That is not Alabama's <laughs> time for partying. They're coming in for Friday night. They're not going ready to party.
1: No, that's that's going to be fast. Because so Tom Luchin, you've got Alabama winning and covering that Yeah, I, that I, six I like
3: Alabama in that game with those two guys playing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, and Nick Saban is going to he's going to get them ready for this game because like Alabama's kind of you know they're they're kind of getting pushed to the uh, second tier here in the SEC by your your Bulldogs and some of these other up and comers. Right. Another game that's going to be played at noon, uh, eleven o'clock
1: local time in. Uh, Nashville, Music City Bowl, locksmith. You like Kentucky, plus two, over over the that mighty offensive juggernaut, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Only because I think it's going to be
0: six three, Tony.
1: Well, I I think it's going to be like three two. I mean, (laughs) it's going to be. No, it's
0: uh, you know, listen, it's you got the third stringer uh, is is a quarterback for uh, you know Iowa. And uh, Levis, we talked about, it, is not in the running back. Uh, Rodriguez is not playing in the game, so right. uh, they both opted out for the NFL. I don't know. Listen, Iowa's defense is great, but they are just—they're they're unwashable
1: on offense. I don't know if Kentucky will be unwashable. We'll see. All right, all right. Let me let me go through these three three games real quick. Orange Bowl. Oh, this is on Friday. The Orange Bowl, Clemson, Tennessee, Orange Bowl. Of course, so much orange. Uh, Luch. Right. You got just, you got just, Clemson four and a half. Yeah, I'll just say
0: this: you're you're uh, substituting a you know a backup quarterback for a guy who had almost a Heisman type season, was phenomenal on one side, and you're you're uh, using a backup quarterback for a guy who needed to be replaced on the other right. side. So I, I do like Clemson. I, I like what uh, you know the the change of quarterback does for them.
1: Uh, Sun Bowl, UCLA. You're taking UCLA minus six oh, over the oh, over yeah, the. Yeah, only Panthers. because all, all signs are that DTR is going to play in the
0: game. He's been practicing. Okay. So if he plays in the game, and, and Pittsmith's going to miss uh, uh, two of their best players, I think, the, including their All-American defensive tackle. They, they opted out. But if DTR's
1: playing, yeah, I think UCLA uh, is going to be tough to beat. One quick one for you, Herb Gould. South Carolina's getting two over Notre Dame. South Carolina has a chance for an incredible finish by beating Tennessee, Clemson, Notre Dame. What about, can could, could, could Notre Dame win this game against South Carolina?
3: I, th- I you know, I think so. I mean, what are, are we, Spencer Rattler? Is that the guy we're talking about? Yes, here? sir. He, yes, sir. He, you know, he's really come on like a, like gangbusters. Uh, that Notre Dame defense is is pretty darn solid. They'll, you know, they've got time to prepare. I, I think Notre Dame will care about this game. Um, and, you know, that said, Go play because obviously South Carolina is is a team that's really peaking at the end of the Tyler,
0: year. Has Tyler has been good at quarterback this year? I haven't followed him closely because uh, Pines out. He he trans he transferred. Out. Yeah, Pines
3: out. I you know that's a good point, Luchs. Uh, and I don't think he's you know he hasn't lit anything up. But I you know I just don't know. I mean Notre Dame will pack it in. They can run the ball pretty well, and then they. they Notre Dame really got a lot better, you know that first four or five games when they when they lost to Stanford, everybody was like, "Holy cow, what's going on here? You know to have a Stanford and Marshall losses early uh but but they really they tightened up, and I thought they you know they played pretty well down the stretch.
1: well, very good, well, gentlemen, thank you for another wonderful evening. This looks to me like a very good weekend of college football. Okay. That should just about do it. Thanks to our technical staff of David Amaral, Sheila Dufresne, and Maria Barnhart. You guys are the absolute best. Have a great weekend, folks. We're going to join you next week from Los Angeles, God willing. Uh, for the We're going to preview the college football playoff national championship game. For Mark Blash Herb Gould and Tom Lucci. This is Tony Barnhart. Thanks for joining us at Mr. College Football and Friends. Be safe. Have a happy new year and carry on.